Hi, this is Ryo Kumoto from Spock's Beard and Project. You're listening to Michael's Record Collection. Hey everybody, welcome to Michael's Record Collection, the podcast that talks about great music with those who make it and those who love it. This is episode number 70, and for this episode, very happy to be bringing you my interview with keyboardist Ryo Akimoto. You may know him from Spock's Beard, you may know him from the recent Prague supergroup called Project. You might even know him from GPS, one of John Payne's projects post-Asia. Anyway, Ryo's got a new solo album coming out on July 29th called the myth of the Mastrophus, and this is his first solo album in 20 years so i was very excited to hear it and after i did hear it i was even more excited to talk to him about it because it's fantastic it features all of his spock's beard bandmates all of his project bandmates and these fine musicians under rio akimoto's direction turned out a great album can't wait to bring you that interview before we get to that I want to make sure that you know I'm on social media. So you can follow me at Mike's Records on Twitter, and it's Michael's Record Collection on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Go to michaelsrecordcollection.com, and there's links there for everything. You can sign up for my free e-newsletter. You get it every week, no spam, and it's a little bit different than what you get here on the show. Also, you can uh, find a link there to my Patreon if you want to go there check out the tiers. And uh, there's some cool extras that you get for supporting the show. And if you want to support independent content creation, then you're a friend of mine. <laughs> and uh, But if you don't, you can still listen and that's fine. So uh, also you can reach out to me. If you got any questions, you got any comments, just hit me up. Collection at gmail.com. All right. With all of the preamble out of the way, let's get to episode 70 and my conversation with Ryo Akimoto. Here we go. Welcome to Michael's Record Collection. I'm very excited to have with me the keyboard player from Project and Spock's Beard and a solo artist in his own right. Rio Akimoto is here with me. Thank you so much for your time, sir. Something that's all. How you doing? I'm doing great. Great. You've got a new album coming out on July 29th. Uh-huh. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> the Myth of the Mastrophus, uh, your fifth solo album, the first one out in 20 years. I know. On Inside Out Music. The first one since this one coming through 2002. That's a mm-hmm. long time. It um, is. And, and, and another one, one before, they make, you know, one I did in Japan with yeah, Lukather and um, Paul Carlin and all that. That mm-hmm. was another 20 years ago. So wow. so every other 20 years I do solo album. <laughs> I have to stop doing this. <laughs> so look for a new album in 2042. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah. Well, actually, I got a three album contract with the Inside Out. So I'm, uh, I'm going to keep trying to do it every other year, two years, you know. Oh, Inside fantastic. Yeah. That's great. We'll see how this is going to go. If this not going to go well, forget it. I'm going to quit. I'm going to become chef. A chef? Okay. Are you going to make crispy waffles? Crispy, very, very crispy waffle with <laughs> honey, butter, and everything, you know? Yes, I enjoyed uh, following your, your search for cris- your crispy you waffle. Saw, you saw the video. <laughs> you, saw the, you saw the video Michael Sala took at yep. the, uh, That was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys looking for crispy waffles out on the road with Project. Yes, um, sir. Michael, Michael Sadler did a great job of 
of documenting that uh, that tour that you guys were on, which I got to see you guys when you came to the Orlando area. So that was great. Great. great, great. Uh, I want to start. I, w- I can't wait to talk about this album with you, but I want to start cool. with your your background a little bit. I want to I want to know what your introduction to music was. Uh, did you did you come from a musical family? Uh, not at all. Not at all. But my grandma told me that my great great grandma was geisha. And she was pretty uh, high-level geisha who does sings and dance and play some shamisen and, and all that. Well, yeah, but uh, that's, you know, from way behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see. Influence, not from parents, just my own, just mm-hmm. like everybody else, you know. Yeah. Did you have a favorite record when you were very young that got you into music? Got me into music. It was called The Cat by... Jimmy Smith. Okay. What kind of music is that? I'm not familiar with that. Well, it's a jazz. <laughs> okay. But he's an organist. Okay. And I was I was very young. Well, actually, what I remember when I was like three or four years old, um, there weren't any stereo system at home yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, my mom's side family was uh, had a little money so my uncle bought first stereo in this little town that we live and first thing he put a record was uh, this train coming all the way from right go slowly and going so loud crossing in the middle and going went to the left uh-huh. i i can't forget the sounds i heard that one that was so shocking to me <laughs> first stereo yeah. audio you know listening yeah so it's going it panned from one channel to the other and and yeah got la- was, faded in got louder and then faded out on the other side yeah. that's amazing so anyway so the jimmy smith and uh i uh <clears throat> uh the the machine head, Deep Purple, was like, wow, wow, what the hell, you know? <laughs> so got that really got in, into uh, rock and prog and, and all that. Organ, special organ. Yeah. Well, that would do it. The machine Head, uh, Deep Purple will get you into that for yeah. sure. Did you take keyboard lessons as a, as a small child? Well, just a little classical, but mm-hmm. I was really, really into it. But uh, well, actually... Just for like four or five years, you know, when I was kids, and that mm-hmm. was it. Then I picked up a guitar when I was like 13. Then uh, uh, started working as a professional when I was 15. I left home from Osaka, moved to Tokyo, and started working nightclub, disco club, and all that from uh, 15 years old. That's, That's incredible. Old. Yeah. Yeah. Um- what so were you mostly self-taught then or that time yes mm-hmm. and all this when i'm playing in a disco and all different type of musician and i was always youngest it was you know 15 years old you, yeah. youngest. you know everybody is like 25 35 so they taught me a lot you know a lot of drummers taught me the rhythm and the guitar player and the singer taught me you know taught me a lot of stuff mm-hmm. yeah sure. i didn't know anything but but when i moved to la I went to a school called Dick Grove School of Music in uh, in a studio city. I went there for four years. That was a good first time I learned real jazz, uh, the composed arrangements for the uh, big band orchestra, 
mm-hmm. uh, film scoring and all that stuff. Gotcha. Stuff. How did you work your way into into Spock's beard? How did you get on Neil Morse's radar and, and meet the guys and, and get integrated into that band? I had a one blues gig in Pasadena that was the play uh, that paid like twenty bucks. I went there. It's a jump session, blues session, you know, in a bar. Mm-hmm. Alan Morse was there, and after the, the after the uh, uh, the gig, Alan told me uh, I'm doing some jam session every Tuesday. You want to come? So when I went there, Alan knew Nick was there. And okay. uh, I just jammed a little bit, and next time I heard was uh, Neil saying, "Yeah, we're trying to put a band together. Are you interested?" So, yeah, well, give me your music, and he gave me the cassette tape. Uh, complete the light. Oh, wow. Demo. I have to look for it. I you know I didn't throw it away. It's somewhere. I'm going to look for it. Wow. That's, yeah, that's he, nice. I mean, he, yeah. He gave me the light. And when I was listening to, you know, they, the light has all different type of style music in the go to Latin and mm-hmm. you know, all the places. <laughs> oh my goodness. He's talented. Okay. I'm in. reason i got into the spark spear and the plug i was doing all i was r&b player mm-hmm. before yeah. uh, for a long time long time just doing a lot of tours with the um you know those stars and i had nothing to do with the plug i had nothing to do with the plug yeah <laughs> you do now <laughs> i do now yeah can you believe that you're still a member of spock spirit all these years later 26, 78 years, something like that. 20, must be 28 years now. Yeah, it's it's so difficult. You know, it's so difficult to keep the band together for a long time. Mm-hmm. Keeping up with the album, you know, the tour. And, you know, it's so hard to do it. But yeah. fortunately, this band, we're buddies, you know. Yeah. We're friends. Also, we're more, than, more than friends, just family. Yeah. So funny, so. It seems like it. It seems like you're friends and family. Um, what was it like for you? Of course, like any band, you do have some changes. Uh, what was it like for you? And how difficult was it for you as the keyboard player when when Neil left the band? Well, um, well, it's out of nowhere. And he's the reason for this band and mm-hmm. everything. Composing, singing, everything, everything right? Playing, 
So I didn't know what to do. Just have to. I don't know. I didn't know what to do. Everybody didn't know what to do. But maybe like a couple of days later, when we heard announcement, it said, uh, "We said, uh, well, actually, Neil gave us a Spock's beard. He gave us a Spock's beard. He left, but there is a there is a band. Mm-hmm. So why don't we keep going? Said, yeah. Okay, who's gonna sing? Well, Nick is a singer." Yeah, it was great. You had a you had a terrific singer already in the band in in Nick DeVirgilio. and when yeah. when Neil Morse left on his spiritual you know path, he you know he left you this fantastic band, great you know guys that you already were comfortable with, and and you guys are familiar with making music together. I guess the challenge for you guys would have been you know that that Neil did so much of the writing. Now it was up to you guys to do the writing. Scary. Yeah, was you know, well, I didn't write a lot of prog music, a lot of fusion I wrote, you know, jazz fusion, but not prog. So we struggle, you know, but uh, you know, more we release, you know, start getting the skill to write mm-hmm. prog and start getting better. You grew more confident in your your abilities yeah. as songwriters. What was it like playing live though, without without Neil's parts there, because you both played some keyboards. Well, that's another part that I have to learn everything by myself. <laughs> you know? So that's why I think, uh, um, yeah, sometime I was doing the two keyboard for the tour when Neil was there, but I have to add more keyboards. So mm-hmm. it became four keyboards on one side, both sides. That you know, became my style. Yeah, you were almost uh, almost like Jeff Downs with Asia there with <laughs> all those keyboards. So one of the things that was a highlight of your shows was your guitar solo. How did you start doing the guitar solo? I was uh, 18 years old. My first synthesizer, well, real synthesizer was uh, Up Odyssey. I was 17 and I wanted to carry it. So I chopped the keyboard and there was like uh, maybe 40 connections from keyboard to the, uh, the main board. So I have to wire them stuff like that, maybe 10 meter. So I started carrying. I was doing that already when I was 17. Wow. That was my thing. That was my thing. <laughs> so that's why I started doing with the spark. I had such a confidence. What I know what to do with it. It sounds like you have some uh, electrical engineering uh, background. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. I have to ask everybody. 
Yeah. 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 I have to uh, oil my Hammond organ, you know, B3, uh, C3, and uh, maintain the, um, the Leslie. You're going to need oil, and I have to take a pot in and all this stuff, you know. Yeah. I do everything myself, try try to fix. It's so expensive to go to a keyboard technician to fix just a couple of keyboards, you know. Yeah. I, you know, I have to try to do it myself. Do you have a favorite type of keyboard, a favorite keyboard that you write like to write on oh, or like guy. to play more? This guy. Well, this is it. Yeah? Yeah. Moon, Tron, and Oregon. Gotta love the Tron. How how hard is it to maintain a Mellotron in this day and age? Oh, pretty hard. For this album, <laughs> I spent eighteen hundred dollars for this. Wow. I spent eighteen hundred dollars buying a new tape, buying the rack, and then getting serviced with the little special guys. See. Anyway, yeah, expensive. <laughs> so you you teamed up with some fantastic musicians in Project. How did you become a part of that? that project that um, that uh, Jonathan Mover uh, put together. Jonathan was on the show before, and, and I've had Michael oh, on the was. show. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, it, it was, so you heard the story. I've heard the story. I want to hear your perspective on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, he asked me to join. I said, yes, that's all it is. It was so simple. It was a lot of coincidence that he told you about this. Yeah, you ran, he ran into you at a show, I guess? Yeah, the Brand X show in the Pasadena. Brand X, the, yes. The, the day that he, the, I was recommended by his friend, that was the, he, they were having a dinner and they were talking. And this friend, his friend, which is my friend, Eric, he mm-hmm. texts me and said, you know, this, the Jonathan looking for the band, you know, you want to talk to him? And I said, oh, okay, um, have him give me a call. Then after the dinner, he they walked to the Pasadena, the venue, and uh, waiting for this line at the door, and I was right front of them. <laughs> and Eric said, "Oh, it's real. <laughs> this is right here." I was just talking to. That's how I met. This coincidence. Small world. Small I'm world. Fir- yeah, I'm the first <laughs> one he reached out, and um, yeah, I we are so close now. Me and Jonathan are so close. It's great thing. So yeah. this band is gonna be good. It's gonna go all over the place. World, yeah, world. you got more touring to do this fall, and then you're gonna. I guess Jonathan said you guys were gonna try to take it over to Europe. Yeah, everywhere we yeah. can rule the world. It's so <laughs> easy. Yeah, it's so easy with this this type of a high quality, talented musician. The skill is incredible. They can play anything. Yeah. So it's easy to just, you know, play all those really hardcore prog song and try we can play maybe a little better than them, you know? <laughs> that that's a process. That's the purpose of it. Yeah. It's um I had a great time seeing you guys play. You guys obviously enjoyed uh playing these songs, these classic songs. How did the project tour go from your perspective? What were your thoughts oh, on incredible, that? Incredible, incredible success. It, uh, each one of us has a name value, but as a band project, this, this is a brand new band. Mm-hmm. You know, people doesn't know it at all. But uh, for that, even for that, a lot of people showed up, and and those every single one, single one of them are so into Prague. <laughs> incredible, incredible, so. So much fun, especially the uh, pre-cruise. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God, that was like a thousand people in a in a one room. Yeah. They were going nuts. They were going nuts. That's right. For people who don't know, you played the pre uh, uh, cruise to the edge pre-show. That's exactly your audience right there. That's everybody. Yeah. You don't have to go anywhere, any other country to play for the festival. You just play for that one festival and everybody <laughs> there, you know? Yeah, for sure. Right. Let's talk a little bit about the myth of the Mastrophos. It's uh, or Mastrophos. It's um, uh, this, this album was a long time in the making and you, you collaborated with Michael Whiteman from a band called I Am The Manic Whale. How did that start? I did one, one of a streaming uh, project, uh, Steve Guild, they put it together, the Fusion something, Fusion, what was that? Festival. Anyway, mm-hmm. I was on it and uh, his band was on it. And after my performance, I was watching, I saw Michael, I said, oh my God, he's very talented. So I texted him right right away when I was watching, uh, you know, Michael, are you interested writing a song together? He said, yes. Then I sent him a demo, uh, 30 songs, and he started writing. I don't write lyrics. Mm-hmm. So I sent him uh, tracks, karaoke, and he put together the lyrics and saying he's, he's talented. He sings, play bass, play guitar, keyboard, mm-hmm. and drums well very well so he had all kind of stuff and then sent me back the demo one by one i said oh my goodness i think i got album you know so actually uh we started like two years ago and uh, those two years i worked on this album every single day so it's worth it yeah and everything's like from and then i have to uh okay i got all the material and Michael singing all the songs, demo, I got a demo, which is I'm releasing as a demo CD. He, he, he just so well arranged, composed, and make, you know, make sense. And then I took it and rearranged a lot. So doing that, like maybe six months to a year. Now I'm so familiar with this song. And now, now what? Who's going to play? Who's going to sing? Mm-hmm. That's how we started. And this song, two songs, first song and the sixth song, uh, the Mira Mira is the first song and the title song, Most of Us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wrote it for the Spock's beer. Okay. So I just called everybody. It's so easy. That's that's easy. You know, hey guys, can't play. Sure. Send me a truck. That was it. So those yeah. the half of the material was done. Yeah, that's great. I didn't know that. That's uh, Mirror, Mirror, and the, and the Myth of the Mastrophosis. Uh, uh, those are the two songs that sound the most like Spock's Beard songs. Yeah. And yeah. and it's no wonder because you wrote it for that project, and then those guys played on the song. So yeah. even though you got this really talented guy who can play all these instruments, I mean, when you get a chance to have Dave Maros on bass and, and uh, Alan Morris and, and these guys involved, you got to get them involved. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Rio's beard. Yeah, Rio's yeah. beard. Yeah. Uh, so you not only got all your guys from Spocks to play on this, but all your guys from Project played on this. Yeah, it's a Jonathan. Mm-hmm. And after I done those two songs, I have to find another four songs I had. I was I was gonna 
You see, I had uh, Simon Phillips' last album. Yeah. And uh, one before was the Jeff Porcaro. I need a freaking good drummer. <laughs> and and uh, oh, I said, oh, oh, I know Jonathan. We're playing together now every weekend, you know. Why don't I ask him? He said, sure. <laughs> he didn't know what he was getting into it. That's what he said. <laughs> But anyway, he said yes. Then, because we get together every weekend for the rehearsal, we talk a lot, listen, rearrange, and then uh, we talk about who's going to be playing this and this and all that. So that's how we uh, contacted uh, Jonathan. Knew, you know, most of those people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, uh, Steve Hackett. Steve Hackett's on this. Yep. Doug. Wimbish, mm-hmm. uh, damn, who the fuck is this guy, man? He can play. <laughs> wow, what a bass player! Incredible bass player. I just needed, uh, for the battle, it's called Chris Harris, uh, need a little more RB feel. Mm-hmm. So that's not, uh, of course, Deb can play, but I need the RB player. Uh, I know a lot of players, RB, because I, you know, play. I could have a lot of anybody, but Jonathan said, well, try that. And I did. It's incredible. It was great. Yeah. So that's that. And we have uh, Michael. No, Mike. Uh, <laughs> our guitar player. Uh, Canary. Mike Canary. Yeah, Mike Canary. Mm-hmm. Mike Canary. Yeah, he's with our band. So I asked him one song. And then before Mike, we had a Mark Bonilla. Mm-hmm. Playing a couple of time with the project, and I asked him for play one songs, and then Michael Sala with us, our vocals. So I asked him one song. Yeah, you can't go wrong. You you've got Michael Sadler on vocals. You've got uh, Ted Leonard on vocals. Nick De Virgilio. I mean, these are these are some really strong singers. <laughs> and then and of course Michael. Of course, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of Michaels on this record. <laughs> Yeah, all different, <clears throat> different uh, sound, different sounding vocals, different approach and character. You can, you can, you can tell who's singing. Definitely, definitely, like this duet, right? Most of us between mm-hmm. Ted and uh, Nick, it's pretty good. With the spark, we never had this before. Yeah, we never had this duet between Nick and Ted. So that's um, right. 
Yeah, I'm just waiting for Sparks fans to, you know, see how they feel about it. Yeah, Sparks, I mean, does their sort of gentle giant type stuff with the with the different vocals, but they don't yeah. don't have like outright duets like this uh, where they're they're taking turns uh, singing their parts. And it's this is a. I mean, you, you say it's six songs and a lot of people will go only six songs as an album, but, you know, the title track is 22 minute epic. So <laughs> mm. it, it, it takes up a lot of a lot of space. But um, what was your strategy on the album in, in terms of of how you sort of approached the music because you know for any album you want the songs to kind of hang together and, and not be too different from each other i don't think about that at all yeah you just write what I you write just, i just write i just write but uh yeah uh some of them were like five years old some of them were like really 20 years old mm-hmm. and it's it's it wasn't sitting there no, I wasn't sitting there. It was just trying to rearrange and listen to, sit there for a month, listen again, and arranging, arranging. So it's just, you know, growing process. Then become the, they become the song, and, you know, you put the six songs together. It doesn't, it to me, that as long as the pro, because my last album coming through uh, was pretty much everywhere. The style wise. Yeah, it really jazz was. Jazz to start, jazz fusion to start, you know, the Godzilla. Those mm-hmm. are totally ju- fusion instrumental. It went to rock and some stuff. But this one's really prog. Yeah. In my way, though. In my way, you know. Rio's beard. <laughs> yeah. So, so that, that the whole, well, it's me. I, I'm the concept. So I'm the writing, I'm the writer, and I'm playing. So all the color will be the same because mm-hmm. I'm playing all the keyboard and I'm trying to play with just regular, you know, my format, it, uh, the organ, strong mm-hmm. piano, minimum, that's it. Yeah. You know, and a lot of some sense thrown there, but not like the other keyboard player who does, you know, all the contemporary sound and all that. Mm-hmm. It's good, but it's, it's, it's not to me, not, not for me. I need this guy's grinding sound, roll, <laughs> tape, analog. Yeah out of tune sound i need i don't want to in tune keyboard i want out of tune keyboard you know <laughs> yeah that's great that's great you've got the is this the mastrophus that's on the the album cover is that what the uh, mastrophus looks like yeah yeah and you're i mean this is not the first monster uh, that you've written about obviously you just talked about uh, godzilla versus king Ghidorah on your last album do you like those types of movies? Are you into those? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just like everybody else, you know. Yeah. I, I like that. But, it's, you know, the Godzilla, Japan, it's so Japan, you know. Yeah. Japanese, Godzilla. Sure. So famous. <laughs> well, what happened is, I, I know, because most of us, the album cover need to be some kind of monster, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, this artist, uh, the Thomas Edward, from inside out who does all the sparks all of them spark beard album cover new most trans atlantic and all that he did coming through also so he knows the first track gazira and you know kingila and i sent him all different that sample of a monster picture you know and there was the one gazira on the bottom and he chose that 
and in the became that okay. i like it i love yeah. i love that's so me now you mentioned michael um uh, michael whiteman wrote the lyrics for you for this album so did you already have a concept in mind that you wanted him to write about or did he just no, just a title yeah yeah he just did he just created this entire story out yeah. of one title yeah yeah it's incredible it's a 22 minute epic as i mentioned yeah. it's uh got the guys from spock's beard playing on it and it's you know, it's about this monster that devours everything in sight but is eventually defeated by the singing the singing yeah the power of song the golden melody and mm. uh, nick DiVergilio and ted leonard are are the two parts uh the two singers on this and it's it, it, were the was the piece already finished musically before he wrote the lyrics? He did it. Uh, the, he did it constantly mm -hmm. at the same time. Yeah, because there, like, there's so many lyrics. It's such a long song, yeah, and it it's is. it's there's tons of lines of lyrics. And I just wondered if the lyrics were written to the length of the music, or if the music was written to the length well, of the lyrics. I think it's both. Both at yeah. the same time, he did that. I had a whole piano. Um, the, this song, the demo that I wrote was all piano, just all the way from top to bottom. Some of the other song, I had a drum, bass, guitar, especially on the demo, Alan Moose was playing on it too. Mm -hmm. Anyway, but uh, this song, I just sent him a piano. So he did whatever he wanted to do. And it's great, incredible, yeah. talented guy. Love the story. It's a great story. Um Mirror Mirror is the other store the other song that that Spock's beard guys play on And Nick sings that one. Uh, the second song on it is Turning Point. Michael Sadler takes lead vocals. There's a lot going on with the backing vocals on this uh, that's very interesting. It's a very interesting song. Choice, but as they scream at him, he still hears 
when you arrange vocals, did did Michael take the point on arranging the vocals for this album? Yeah, uh, did you seventy percent of it? Mm-hmm. And I kicked in after that. Why don't you do this, 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 this? And I had my wife sing some of my idea, mm-hmm. wrote it down, uh, record it, and send it to the Michael, and I have him sing some. You know, you know, we do a lot of stuff, a lot of background vocals on this album. Which the Michael likes that, and um, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, the Sparks beer with the Spark, we don't have this much but uh, much background vocal and counterline. Mm-hmm. You know, all that, you know. Yeah, there's like a there there are like uh, almost Greek choruses at times in some of these songs, and yeah. it's I I, re- I like the way that it came out vocally. The um, the Watchmaker uh, time on his side. That's the third track. It's a little it's interesting to me because it's got a very Genesis Abacab vibe to it. That's how I start writing the the first one going gong gong That's that was a, that was a song. Yeah, it's straight ahead. Yeah, uh, it was more straight ahead before. Got a little more progier towards and didn't I didn't um, think about the genesis at all. I just wanted to two and four big two and four back mm-hmm. guy you know yeah instead of one one and three. It got a really powerful. I like it a lot. Straight ahead. Yeah, it's got a great sound to it. A really scorching guitar uh, yeah. on that one, and uh, maximum velocity is the fourth track. Starts with this acoustic, really that, gorgeous acoustic guitar. That is crazy song. makes me wonder what the original piece was like that you wrote do you write on a guitar or do you always write on keyboard i write on a keyboard guitar plugins i got a good 
acoustic plugin. Okay. So that intro was your idea. Nobody brought that oh, in yeah. afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's really it's a really cool way to yeah, start. Those the song. those are uh, those are me, 100% from top to bottom. I wrote everything and okay. created and replaced with the other the player. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Bonina put a lot of stuff on it, which is incredible. He's a he's really uh, nasty player, just really groggy, dirty player. <laughs> I like him so much. Uh, it's very crispy, well, dirty, dirty. I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's good. And uh, and Chrysalis, the only song we haven't talked about yet. This one lyrically seems it seems like this one's about the pandemic. Did is uh, that what my, is that what he was writing about? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we needed something like that, but you know, not directly. Yeah. But definitely, it's for the pandemic. Yeah, it's it's definitely not overtly about the pandemic. It's just um, metaphorically about the pandemic. Yeah, I think it's good. You know, softer, softer touch before the big epic finish. So, yeah, yeah. Is there any chance, Rio, that there are going to be any live performances of this uh, album? Well, it depends on how this city is going to be, you know, sell. Mm-hmm. I need the money to put a band together. <laughs> it's so hard. It's so difficult. Yeah. Because you know? um, I have to have a Michael over here. To do, even I was, I was planning to do the show, the release show uh, in L.A., Mm-hmm. But I gotta have a Michael, which means I gotta send him from the UK to here. Yeah. In summertime, wow, it's gonna cost a lot. So people who you know, do you like it? By city from my homepage, not from Amazon or Yahoo or anything else. Yeah, go to yeah. rioakimoto.com, right? Um, yeah, get from mm-hmm. there so I can have a, I can perform. And there's a, there's a special edition with uh, vinyl, colored vinyl. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, it looks really cool. <laughs> it looks as yeah, cool looking big. Uh, I can't wait to get a hold of my hand. Uh, the red, uh, transparent red. That's yeah. right. You can see through. Nice, nice package comes with, I think, a little mini poster that's signed also, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The poster, when you buy uh, the LP, you get a poster. And also, you have a choice of CD release from uh, manufacturer from inside out. And also the Japan is a different version. I have a couple of bonus track on the Japanese version. So those two different CD and I have a demo CD. Yeah. Uh, which is just like I told you, did a Marco singing all the songs. Mm-hmm. The first original idea, which is very okay. interesting. 
All right. Well, go to RioAkimoto.com. You can pre-order this now. It comes out July 29th. And man, this is going to be great. You, uh, you can go to Rio's, uh, Rio's on Facebook. Look him up there. He's got a, a Twitter. And uh, it's Rio Akimoto, I think, on Twitter. Rio Akimoto Music on Facebook, I believe. But if you just put in, if you just put his name in, you'll find it. It's easy. Yeah. Rio Akimoto, thank you so much right. for telling me about this album. I'm I'm really pumped about it. I hope it really does well for you, and I hope you get to do those live shows. Thank you so All much right. for your time. Thank you for having me. Michael's Record Collection is hosted and produced by Michael Citro. Logo graphic courtesy of Jerry Cutchins. Follow Michael's Record Collection on social media, at Mike's Records on Twitter, and Michael's Record Collection on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. If you like what you hear, you can support the show through our Patreon at patreon.com slash michaelsrecordcollection. For the free newsletter version, go to substack.com and just type Michael's Record Collection into the search bar. Thanks for listening.